You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Twitter closes a password recovery bug and warns that it will cancel your account if you try to exploit it. Google's Project Zero finds a VCN enabled by default in a family of antivirus products. Sukuri warns about the DDoS dangers you'll present your online neighbors if you enable pingback on your WordPress site. Networked home security products may be behaving badly. The dispute between Apple and the FBI strikes observers as moving into uncharted legal waters. And hey, Air Force, life might be short, but seriously, you don't have an affair. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Friday, February 19th, 2016. Twitter is notifying some 10,000 affected subscribers that a password recovery bug may have exposed their personal information. The problem occurred over a 24-hour period last week. Twitter says it immediately fixed the vulnerability and starchily warns that it intends to permanently suspend any accounts it determines tried to exploit the flaw to steal information. In other patch news, FireEye fixes a whitelisting issue in its NX, FX, EX, and AX products, and Google issues an update for Chrome. Google's Project Zero announces more unfortunate news for Komodo. Komodo Antivirus, Komodo Firewall, or Komodo Internet Security are accompanied by GeekBuddy, a technical support program that installs a VCN server by default. The server comes with admin-level privileges and an easily-guessed default password. Sukori warns that the pingback feature in older WordPress sites is being used to execute Layer 7 DDoS attacks against servers. Layer 7 attacks exhaust server resources at the application layer as opposed to the network layer, which means they don't require as much bandwidth or request traffic to clog their targets. Newer versions of WordPress record the IP addresses from which pingback requests originate, which makes it easier for defenders to identify the malicious command and control servers and then to shut them out. Thus, Layer 7 attacks are becoming less common, but there's an easy way to stop your site from being implicated in this kind of DDoS campaign. Disable pingbacks. That other fashionable form of cybercrime, ransomware, might get a boost from Hollywood Presbyterian's recent decision to pay hackers $17,000, or so various security pundits tell Newsweek. It's difficult to fault the hospital, though, as Malwarebytes points out. After all, they do have to take care of their patients. If you notice a .locky file extension on your system, you have been tagged by the Drydex distributed Locky ransomware, warn the Palo Alto researchers who've been tracking it. And in case you're wondering, it's Locky, not Loki, as some scholars of the poetic Edda, or at least Marvel's Avengers comic books, have speculated. 
Heimdall Security can set you straight on this and all other matters as Guardian. Heimdall also warns that Lockheed has been aggressively targeting German-speaking users. Here's why people fear the Internet of Things, says Brian Krebs, as he reports on peer-to-peer networking embedded in FOSCAM IP security cameras. The cameras chatter a lot to various remote servers, and the peer-to-peer networking functionality is, according to Krebs, difficult to disable, requiring persistence and technical savvy beyond what most ordinary users are likely to have. In the U.S., industry remains on balance quite unhappy with the Vossner Cyber Arms Control Accord. The administration has suspended implementation and reopened study and comment, but a variety of technical and industry groups are pressing the Secretary of State to renegotiate the agreement as a whole. The big news today in cyber has both policy and legal implications. We refer, of course, to Apple's ongoing dispute with the Department of Justice over rendering the FBI assistance in gaining access to the San Bernardino jihadists' iPhone. The case is complex and controversial. The Justice Department isn't asking Apple to unlock the phone. Rather, it's asking them to give the FBI a special software tool that would enable the FBI to bypass security protections and brute force that particular device's password. This sounds too close to a back door for comfort to many in the tech industry. On the other hand, say others in industry, the request does seem both limited in scope and within Apple's technical ability to comply. And the request isn't a search warrant. It's a request brought under an old law, the All Writs Act of 1789, the current form of which was passed in 1911. What precedence the decision might set is, according to legal observers, uncharted territory. In any case, Apple's stance is about a year in the making. The company began pushing back what it characterized as conscription into law enforcement last year. And finally, Ashley Madison reappears in the news. Apparently, the adultery site is unusually popular among members of the U.S. Air Force, or so reports the Air Force Times. So here is a public service to all Air Force service members. We offer these words. Article 134, Uniform Code of Military Justice. Come on, gang. Straighten up. Fly right. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. 
That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. It's a long-standing trend that enterprises are migrating more of their data and services to cloud providers. Law firms are no exception. Bloomberg BNA notes that more than 20 U.S. states' legal ethics organizations have issued guidelines on what counts as reasonable care in adoption of cloud services. We caught up with one of our partners at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security and asked Marcus Roshecker to walk us through some of the cloud's implications for any enterprise user. It seems like everyone wants to go into the cloud these days, um, and there are some very good reasons for that, economic reasons, uh, productivity reasons. There are some important questions that any business should ask before they enter into an agreement with a third-party cloud provider that's going to be storing their data. So first and foremost, one of the big questions is who's going to own the data once it's up in the cloud? Does the company who generated the data, collected the data, still have full ownership? Or does the cloud service provider have some degree of ownership there too now? Another question to ask is how safe and secure is the data once it's up in the cloud? To a certain extent, a company that chooses to store data in a cloud, especially when it comes to storing data with a third-party service provider, there's a loss of a certain degree of control over the data once you're uploading that to the cloud. So there are really important questions that have to be asked when it comes to safety and security measures. Along with that, a company needs to ask who has access to the data once it's stored up in the cloud, both from a technical side but also from a personnel side. What employees of the third-party provider have access to the data? Who can view the data? And how can they get to it? Can they get to it? What happens when I want to take my data somewhere else to another third-party provider? Can I easily take my data from the, from the third-party provider? Um, can I end my contract easily? Can I, is that data mobile? Can I take it with me as, 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 as I see fit? And then finally, who's liable for a service interruption? If for whatever reason I, as a company or my customers, can't access the data that's stored on the cloud, and uh, there are some monetary losses associated with that, who's going to be responsible for reimbursing? Or how is, the, how is all that going to be dealt with from a liability aspect? These are some very important questions to ask before entering into any agreement with a third-party cloud service provider. What we end up seeing is that a lot of these issues are going to be settled by contract. So it's very important that uh, when you enter into an agreement with a third-party provider, who's offering cloud computing services, that that contract that you have with the cloud provider is reviewed in detail, line by line. Is it, is it also a matter of, of not putting all your eggs in one basket, or are people coming up with hybrid solutions or, or both cloud and local redundancy? Absolutely. When we're talking about storing data online or on a hard drive, on a server somewhere, we're always worried about storing all of our data in one basket, so to speak, and that's never a good idea. You always want to replicate data in various locations uh, through various media. It's a good practice that in addition to storing data in the cloud, uh, you may want to have a backup uh, locally as well or through a, another uh, cloud provider in a different location so that there are multiple ways of getting to your data. All right, Marcus Roshecker, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? 
With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.